With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Thank you. Good evening, everybody. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, first and foremost, forgive me of every sin I've committed. You know the things that I've done wrong today because I could not hide anything from you. Hallelujah. I can crawl under a rock and you'll still find me out. And so, Father, forgive me of every sin. Wash me, cleanse me from all unrighteousness in the precious blood of the Lamb. In Jesus' name, amen. It's an honor to be here tonight. Father, I can still feel the anointing from last night on the prayer call. I see in the spirit right now a sizzling like a fire, like a furnace. Um... Uh, those of you that have uh, fire, thank you, Lord, fireplaces, 
in your homes. And that's what I'm seeing in the spirit. There's still fire on this prayer call as I speak. My God today. And Father, I thank you for that fire that's resting in simple words of ministry and the people of God. Like fire shut up in our bones tonight. Lord, I came on the prayer call and I seen fire. And that represents the anointing of God. And Father, I'm honored to be here tonight. Can feel the presence of God still on the call. And Father, I'm grateful tonight. We have come tonight to hear a powerful word. And boy, if you missed the last segment and the segment before that and the one before that, you need to get into the archives of TalkShoe. Yes. Because these are powerful messages that the woman of God is feeding our spirit man with. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the woman of God, Elder June, that has taken time out to glorify you and bring forth, yes. thus saith the Lord. Yes. Father, have your way tonight. Moved by the fire of God on this call tonight that you would get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Yes, Lord. Sir, I thank you in the name of Jesus that those that have been praying, whether it's on the prayer call or behind the scenes, yes, Lord. you're upping their prayer life. You told me this morning, Jesus. you're upping the people of God's prayer life. Thank you, Jesus. They're praying differently, Lord, Hallelujah. than they have in times Ooh. past. Yes, thank you, Lord. And so, Father, tonight we are grateful of what you are doing in Simple Words Ministry. Yes, Lord, we Father, we want to let you know tonight, just as you love us with an everlasting love, an undying love, Father, we love you tonight, and we are honored you are on the call tonight. Thank you, In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And amen. Back to you. Amen. 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 Again, good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome to Monday Night Bible Study and Intercessory Prayer. Uh, this is Sister Lashana. We are in for a treat. Um, before we get started, as always, we are on. We are Civil uh, Force Ministry. Uh, we're one hundred percent volunteer ministry, so that means translating to that. No one gets paid to. No one gets paid on this line. This is God's line. So we are also, just to let you know, we are also, uh, we hold services at least eight times a week. So, um, again, Monday Night Bible Study is 9 p.m. We have Jeremiah Generation at 9 p.m. on Tuesdays. We have our Standing in the Gap service on Wednesday mornings at 7.14 a.m. Our Praise and Testimony service at 9 p.m. And we have Walking Walking Through the Word at 9 p.m. on Thursdays, and, of course, on Fridays, our flagship service. We call it Fire on the Wire because it's at midnight when Paul and Silas prayed, and we know the rest of that one, amen. And also on Saturdays, we have our noon inspirational hour at noon on Saturdays, and, at, and of course, at um, 
9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sundays. We have our uh, our our um, Sunday service with Pastor Marine Chen daily. Uh, you know, we have service eight times a week online. So for those who are new, you are welcome, welcome, welcome. You're no longer a guest. You are family. So we are thankful for your out being out here tonight. Amen. 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 So I'm going to open up the line right now for praise and testimonies. Amen. Amen. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. I just want to give God some praise tonight. I want to honor the Holy Spirit that, um, Prophet Bob, you are so in the veil, behind the veil tonight. Um, I I can't, I don't know if it's because I'm sitting in the same spot that I I did service from last night or what, but I feel the presence of the Lord on the line tonight, and I want to I want to encourage I want to encourage everyone I. I had the opportunity because last night I knew that I I preach outside of me, and so yep. last today I had the opportunity to listen to the message that was preached last night, and I I don't often listen to messages on you know unless uh, the Holy Spirit prompts me to go and listen to a message, and I sat. Um, at my desk uh, in my office, and I just, I wept. I wept when I listened to the Holy Spirit speaking to us last night. And I, I, I did something today that I've never done before. I literally uploaded the message onto the ministry website, simplewordsministries.com. I uploaded that message because... It's a message that I mean, the, 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 when we, you know, when when we record services, you know, they, you know, they keep getting pushed down and pushed down. And the message that was preached last night, it's a message that I don't ever want to forget. And I want to, every day of my life, make the declaration over my over my life that you know I am in my due season. And I just feel in my spirit that there are changes that are happening, not only in my life, but in each and every one of our lives. Everybody, I I, I mean, we've had so many people on the line, um, you know, but for whatever reason, last night, I che- this today, I checked the, 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 um, the, the report as to how many people were on the um, the conference line alone, and you know, it, while it may not seem it seemed to be a lot, you know, we had forty eight people on the on the conference line alone, and then you know we had people wow. in the in the Skype room and in the talk show room. Um, Skype you can count, talk show you can't. Um, so you know we get um, you know we. We have no clue of knowing exactly how many people listen in unless they unless they 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 log into the chat room and and are chatting. Then you can say, okay, these people were chatting, but there are you know hundreds, if not thousands, of people who listen, and and you'll never know. And for whatever reason, you know, God just brought the number to my spirit today, and he and, and, and the Holy Spirit dealt with me and said. Forty-eight different people, people's lives were affected last night if they hold on to the word. 
hold on to the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, glory to God. Folks, when a message like this comes, you know, and and, and, and I'm going to shut up because, you know, we, we're going into an awesome teaching in a few seconds. But when a message like this comes, I, I'm begging you, I'm begging you, please hold on to it. Hold on to the word that God deposited into our spirits last night. I'm, I'm holding on. I'm not going to let go. Hallelujah. I'm not going to let go. So my testimony, my testimony tonight is I am grateful that God counts me worthy to speak a word into my life. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Wow. Like I said, if you are, like I said, if you want to hear what happened last night, go on our uh, archives. At, um, mm, go Lord. into the archives on uh, Simple Words Ministry on TalkShoe. Um, if you okay. cannot find it in your own Facebook, inbox Pastor Marine or any one of the Simple Words Ministry members, and we will send you a link. Amen. Yes, amen. 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 Okay, I'm going to open up the line one more time for uh, praise, praise reports and testimonies. Amen. I got a testimony. Good night, everyone. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> oh, glory to God. I am so, I'm telling you, I'm so grateful. I'm grateful, grateful, grateful. God is so faithful. You know, um, I'm thankful again for all your prayers today. Thanking God, you know. Thank you, Pastor Maureen. Thank you for the word. You you. said, you know, this is our season, you know, God is doing great things. And from the time we went to the conference until now, God is just, you know, he's really answering and he's manifesting his glory in our lives. And um, I'm here just thanking God because I'm telling you, um, today when I went for that interview, oh my goodness, from the time I left to the time I was waiting, God was working and you know, I went there and I sat into the area. They told me to wait in the waiting area. And the lady, the manager came and got me a little bit late, you know, and she kept apologizing. As I was walking in, I was saying, it's okay. Shook her hand and just the presence of God was there. And the time I sat in that room, oh, my God, from the very question she asked me, she said to me, she never asked a question like this, but she wanted me to tell her a little bit about myself. But I had already prayed also that the Lord would, you, you know, speak out of my mouth exactly what he wanted me to say and how she should ask me the questions too. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, I was hearing Sister Andrea Dixon coming tonight and telling me, Jackie, I was praying for her that I wanted to ask God to take away the fear. And I walked in that room and spoke with the confidence and just the way the whole um, interview went. I feel the presence of God to the, the manager said to me, I never asked anybody um, a question like this, how, tell me about yourself. And she said, she was just like, she was in there praising God with me. Let me tell you, she was praising God with me. Amen. The lady Amen. shared her faith also with me, and she said that she has a prayer line that she, she prays on to in the morning at 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you, God was working in that interview that I was able to share my faith until she even said to me, I told her this very place that I am at Northeast Medical, I waited to work there when I was in that traumatic 
um, 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 you know, the accident. Mm-hmm. And I told her, look at what God has done, and I shared about me returning on the, um, you know, and once I came back, I've been applying. And for her to call me, I know this was nothing but God because my interview said the last time I worked was 2011. I have not worked for three years and in the medical field. So for her to call me, and I know that she's a woman of God because she shared her faith with me. Amen. And she said, you know what? She said, this is God. Just how she said. She keeps saying, this is God. That's the way the interview was going. She just kept saying that. The way you speak to me today, she said, God, no, I needed this. Because I was just, like, encouraging her too. And I told her that I, I never used to be this way, but because God has changed my life, I I no longer try to do things on my own. And I try to depend more on the Holy Spirit because that's what my mother always said. Me try to stop trying to do it on your own, Jackie. And I know I mess up, I feel. Sometimes I'm still a little stubborn. But, you know, I was just sharing with her. But in the end, um, she said to me, let me let the girls take you around. Wow. She took me around and brought me in the conference room. Yes, and then one of the nurse and the other two medical assistants, because they want me to work in the back office in the clinical. Mm-hmm. So they actually sat back there, kind of talked with me. Um, then the lady, the last one that took me around, she let me meet all the other staff them. Wow. Now, she did not tell me yet, you know, here, Jackie, you have, but she told the girl in the end after I met everybody, they were all so friendly, shaking my hands, I shake everybody's hand. I was feeling like um, the room was lighting up as I was walking around because I feel the love and just that, that feeling of, you know, this is where God wants me to be. And like I said, I'm just in advance, I'm saying thank you. But in the end, she told the lady that showed me around, said, um, tell her I'll call her this week. But, you know, just the fact that I even went there, mm-hmm. just the fact that um, God brought me there and the interview went well and I did not hide God, the fact that God brought me there at this interview at this day to share my faith, you know, even to the girls them in the back, and they said I have to work one Sunday of every month because the way the, the hospital work, everybody have to rotate, and it's only from 12 to 4. So they said I would still get to go to church in the morning and still come and work for four hours. And wow. it's only once a month. But you know what? This is nothing but God. And I'm telling you, even when I said I did not work in the pediatric, but I worked in New York for 14 years with children in the special ed. And and then I said I work at the daycare since I'm here in North Carolina, temporary. The lady said to me, the nurse and the other girls then said, well, that's fine because you have experience with children. And they were like, well, you only live up the street. You know, they were like all so like they welcoming me. Mm-hmm. But I just thank God for just the favor, like you said, cousin. You know, you know, you said the favor of God rests upon us. And today I saw that again. I see God just letting me feel welcome and love. Mm-hmm. Yes, so I give God glory and honor for what he's doing. Amen. 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 Mm. God is such an awesome God, and he's just merciful. So, uh, Sister Jackie, I thank you for your testimony tonight and others. You know, I, you know, we know that God can work. We know God has been working a miracle through our life. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. So right now I'm going to pray, and then when we pray, we're gonna, after I pray, the next person you're going to hear is Elder June. Um, so let us pray. Father God, right now, uh, Father God, right now, uh, forgive me of all my sins.
Hallelujah. Deeds, thoughts, and actions, anything that is not of you, I do honestly repent, Father God. Father God, take it away, Father God, and renew a right spirit within me, Father God. Father God, wash me in your son's precious blood, Father God. Forgive me of all my transgressions, Father God. And, Father God, if I'm holding against anyone or anything against anyone, Father God, I let it go in the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Father God, I just thank you tonight, Father God. And I receive your forgiveness in no other name but your son's name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Father God, you are my Abba Father, my El Shaddai, my Elohim, and I give you praise tonight, Father God. So right now, Father God, I ask you... Oh, Father God, right now I ask you to apply your son's precious blood over data portal. Every every phone line right now, Father God, I ask you to watch this line down. We plead the blood right now in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Because God does not want any distractions tonight, Father God. Holy Spirit, have your way. You are welcome on this line. Have your way tonight in the name of Jesus. Father God, you're my Abba Father. You're my El Shaddai. You're my Elohim. You're my Jehovah Rapha. You are my rabbi. You are the great I am, and I give you praise tonight. I exalt you. I put no one before you tonight. So, Mm. Father God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for preparing our hearts our souls, and our minds tonight. Father God, right now I ask you to remove every distraction, every incident, or anything that's coming before us, Father God. I ask you to go before us so you can clear out the enemy. I thank you tonight for every blessing that's about to hit this line tonight and overtake each and every one of us on this line tonight. I thank you tonight that we can come before you and sit at the master's feet tonight. I thank you tonight for what is about to go forth. So I lift up Elder June up to you tonight, Father God. In the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Father God, let your word come from her mouth tonight. Have her totally decrease as you shall increase right now in the name of Jesus. So, God, have your way tonight, Father. Yes, Lord. Have your way tonight. I lift up every member of Simple Words Ministry unto you, Father God. I lift up Pastor Marine Chen Daly up to you, Father God, and her family up to you. I lift up our overseers up to you, Father God. You see and you know what's going on, so I thank you for the blessing. I thank you for everything that's about to come forth. Thank you, Lord. God, tonight, I thank you. Yeah. I thank you for deliverance tonight. I thank you for the evilness is being bound, and we command it to leave now in the name of Jesus. The mighty I name thank of you Jesus. for the spirit of affirmity leaving now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for trauma and stress leaving the body of Christ right now. In the name in of the Jesus. Name of Oh, my God, my God, I pray tonight. As this word go forth, Father God, broken off your people, blind shall see, whether they're physically, mentally, or spiritually, they shall see you. You shall take the word and wash their eyes out tonight, Father God. Yes, Lord. Take the word and... And let it heal their bones tonight. You shall take the word and let it heal their hearts tonight. 
So tonight and then next week I should close off the adversary and then we will go into the next um, module to say what is man. So tonight is, is might be the second to last lesson on adversary. So if you have any questions um, regarding what was presented before earlier, or even if in your reading you might have read something that I didn't read in my study and you want to bring it in, um, just indicate to me and I will um, I will make certain that um, we listen and it's incorporated in in the whole lesson. If you have a point or if you have a scripture or if you have a text, um, you are quite willing to share. Um, glory to God. Hallelujah. I am going to do a little bit of reading tonight to begin. And um, I, know, I know many times I just give the scriptures and I don't read them. But tonight I'm going to do a little bit of reading. And then we will have some discussion. So I'm going to be reading from Ezekiel chapter 28. That was where I ended um, last week. And um, Ezekiel 28 is a very pivotal chapter if you really want to understand um, the adversary, if you want to understand the devil or to understand Satan, Ezekiel did a pretty good job of laying out the old structure um, in, in Ezekiel 28 and, and, and show us what we do need to know about the adversary. So if there's only one chapter you could read in the Bible about um, the devil, Ezekiel 28 is, is, is that chapter. It's, it's well-rounded. And um, it's very clear and it's very precise. The language here is not so mystical like in other parts of the book. Uh, glory to God. So I usually use it because it's easy to understand and it's it's um, loaded with information. Glory to God. And um, I greet anybody who is new on the line and anybody who might still be wondering why we're taking four weeks of, of lesson to talk about the adversary. And um just gonna recap that um previously when I was a young Christian I was told not to pay the enemy any attention and I suffered from not knowing him, from not knowing what he was capable of doing, from not knowing his methods of warfare, from not knowing his strategies, from not knowing what he wanted to really do to my life. I, I, I learned those lessons the hard way. And 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 in crying out to the Lord, He led me to the Scriptures, and I realized that the Bible um, does not skimp an information concerning the adversary. Um, we do need to know who He is and how He works if we're going to be victorious in our warfare against Him. Um, somebody once asked me the question. If I don't ever resist um, the enemy, can I still go to heaven? Uh, and I said, yes, you can. Um, resisting the enemy is not a prerequisite to go to heaven in the context that the question was being asked. But I said, let me ask you a question. Why would you give your enemy access to beat you up? and destroy your life prematurely when you have power over him. What what, what are you benefiting? Why would you do that? Why would you allow your, your, your adversary to come in and destroy your life when you have the power to, to, to stop him? And 
And um, there, is a, there is a scripture in the Bible that says we must not glory in tribulation. I don't know if anybody knows that text, but um, it says we must not glory in tribulation. And I realize that somewhere in the modern Christian mindset, we think it means that we're really saved if we allow the devil to beat us up, if we if we don't resist and, and, and we can suffer through his onslaught, that means that we're really saved. And, and the Bible disagrees. The, the, <laughs> the Bible says we must not, we must not um, take pride in the fact that we can, we, we allow the enemy to beat us up. Now, if, it, if, if it's the Lord that's allowing us to experience um, suffering, long-suffering in life, that is a completely different scenario and a completely different setting. And when we go into the next segment where we look at what is man, I will speak about um, the righteous suffering. Um, that is very healthy. Um, uh, we allowing the enemy to destroy our lives is not healthy. It's ungodly. And um, there's a difference between the two. They, they seem so similar. you learning to long suffer in the realm of the spirit because long suffering is a virtue. It's a part of Christian character. Um, I, I, I suffering for righteousness sake is quite different from um, me allowing the enemy to destroy my life just to prove that I, I am strong. I can take whatever he throws at me. Um, the, the Bible does not ask us to prove that we can take anything the enemy throws at us. The Bible tells us that we must submit ourselves to God and resist him and let him flee from us. The Bible says only afar off we should see him. So I should not glory um, in testimonies that say something like the devil is on my back or the devil is on my head, or the devil is doing whatever it is that people say the devil does to them. Um, we should not glory in those sort of testimony. But a couple of generations before the one where I'm now serving, um, my grandmother's generation, they, they seem to have been misled that way, and many people had that mindset that if they were sick, they were sick for God. And if they were hungry, they were hungry for God. And if they were poor, they were poor for God. And if they had nothing, they had nothing for God. And, and, and there are even some scriptures that, <laughs> that you can use to, to, to justify those positions. But those are, that, that's a, mis, a, a gross misuse and misinterpretation and misunderstanding of the scriptures um, that are used to, 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 to do those things, um, to teach those sort of doctrine. The Bible, the, the, the Bible says that God desires that we be in good health, that we experience divine health, and, and that we prosper, and, and, and that we, we have abundance. And, and so I um, just want to, to clarify that if you do have the mindset that to suffer lack and always be defeated by the enemy, that is not a position that you should be that you should be satisfied with as a child of God, and that's not a position that God asks us to take. God asks us to take a position of victory, and so we have to get rid of the the the, the, the mindset 
that being defeated is a godly position. Being defeated is a cursed position, and it is a trick of the enemy. And so we have to know these things, because if we don't know these things, we will not be able to fulfill the call of God on our life. And if you remember how we started this old series, is to be able to come into the position where we will be able to fulfill God's calling on our life or God's divine purpose. So we're not living for ourselves. We're living for God. We're bought with a price, and we're being kept by the Almighty. And God is doing all that for a specific purpose. We're not random people. We, we came here at a specific time. The moment of our conception was designed by God. Our parents were chosen by God. Our lineage were chosen by God. Somebody asked me um, if I was conceived, um, if I conceive a child by rape, should I keep that child? And my answer without hesitation is yes. Um, glory to God. You might not be able to grow the child up if you're, if you're not healthy emotionally and psychologically, but at least carry the child to term and you could give the child um, give the child to somebody who will take care of the child if you can't get over that pain of being of that violation. But um, an abortion, because the conception came through through rape, is giving yourself um, a double indemnity. That's a double pain that you're going to be suffering. And and usually the second pain, um, girls who are pregnant and aborting, they don't realize that until after they do the abortion. They'll realize, oh, wow, man, I'm not getting rid of this. It sits on my mind every day. So no matter how you get pregnant, you bring the child. No child is a mistake. Um, glory to God. And if you, cannot, if you cannot endure with the child for whatever reason, and not just rape, whatever reason cannot endure, give the child up. Give the child up to the, to the government or to a family member or to somebody who wants a child. There are so many people who want children and can't have children. But we're not here by chance. Each and every person that's on the earth, we have a specific purpose um, for God, a divine purpose. And that's the one thing that David says we ought to be seeking after. And Jesus um, says that we must seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness, and everything will be added unto us. It's the same thought. Um, there is this one thing that you need to do. And if you, if you find this one purpose and find this one thing, and dedicate your life to it, you will find that everything else fits um, fits into place like a, like a puzzle, like a jigsaw puzzle. Each piece of your life will find its place. And when you have accomplished that one thing that God put you on the earth to accomplish, you will be able to say, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith, and I, I have a crown of righteousness waiting for me henceforth. Um, there's no turning back. I'm going straight forward, and I'm going to receive my crown in Jesus' name. Um, now, we have an adversary. We have an enemy, and his purpose is to thwart or defeat or hinder or destroy everything that I just said to you. And so you find that um, by default, what you can understand is that if you don't know how to stop the enemy, then he will stop your purpose. And, and, and 
that's what you need to have, the, the mindset that we need to have as a child of God. If we don't stop the enemy in his mission, then he will stop us in our divine purpose. And somewhere along the line, the enemy convinced um, my forefathers that either he didn't exist or he didn't have the power to do that. And both of those um, um, positions and thoughts, they are lies. He does exist, and he does have the power to destroy your divine purpose if you don't know how to stop him. So let's look at um, Ezekiel 28 and see what Ezekiel has to give unto us so that we can be successful in um, this mission that we have, this task to make sure that the enemy does not destroy the purpose why God caused us to be born and put us on the earth. Um, reading from Ezekiel 28, verse 1, it says, The word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyrus, Thus said the Lord God, Because thine heart is lifted up, and thou hast said, I am a God, I sit in the seat of God, in the midst of the seas, yet thou art a man, and not God. Though thou set thine heart as the heart of God, behold, thou art wiser than Daniel. There is no secret that they can hide from thee. And if you are in the process of marking your Bible, you should have that verse marked. Uh, verse 3. Ezekiel 28, verse 3. Behold, the Lord, wiser than Daniel, there is no secret that they can hide from thee. And the day says, O oh God, it means me and you. Uh, with thy wisdom and with thine understanding, thou hast gotten the riches and hast gotten gold and silver into thy treasures. By thy great wisdom and by thy traffic hast thou increased thy riches and thine heart is lifted up because of thy riches. Therefore, thus said the Lord God, because thou hast set thine heart as the heart of God, behold, therefore I will bring strangers upon thee, the terrible of the nations, and they shall draw their swords against the beauty of thy wisdom, and they shall defile thy brightness. They shall bring thee down to the pit, and thou shalt die the death of them that are slain in the midst of the sea. Will thou yet say before him that slay thee, I am God? But thou shalt be a man, and no God, in the hand of him that slay thee. Thou shalt die the death of the uncircumcised by the hand of strangers, for I have spoken it saith the Lord God. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius, Topaz and the diamond, the beryl, the oinks, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle and gold. The workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou was upon the holy mountain of God. 
Thou wast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings, and they that, that they may behold thee. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee. And I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. All they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. Thou shalt be a terror, and never shalt thou be any more. That's Ezekiel 20, verses 1 to 19. Now, that's a very interesting text. And this text is very particular to me. I know this text before I found it in the Bible, before the Lord showed it to me in the Bible, before I read it in the Bible. I knew this text. And, and when I, the first time I read this text in the Bible, I, I was literally shocked. And, uh, and, and dropped my Bible and trembled for a while before I could pick it up back again and, and actually look and say, that was what I actually just read in the Word of God, because the Word of God is truth, and in it is no lie. And so I read this in the Bible, it, it frightened me, because the first time where I heard this, it was from the enemy, it was from the adversary. Um, I, had a, I had a vision once of the enemy, I was a very young Christian, and, and, and didn't know anything, as I said, my my education in the church did not involve knowing anything about the adversary. Uh, we were just supposed to pretend he doesn't, just ignore him. And so he attacked me um, one day in, in my sleep. And um, when I realized it was him, I said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. That was what I said in the vision. I said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. And he looked straight at me and he goes, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. He mocked me. He mimicked me. And, and, and that shocked me. In the vision, I was shocked. I didn't know what else to say to him because I, I, I was told that if I just say that to the enemy, then he would disappear. And well, he didn't disappear. He, he, he started to mock me. And he said this text to me. He says, oh, you are surprised that I can call that name or I could say those words. I could say those words too. He says, as a matter of fact, I know Jesus before you. I was with Jesus in the mountain of God. I walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire with Jesus. I was perfect in my ways when I was created just like Jesus. And so I didn't know that was scripture that the enemy was, was quoting to me. I, I found this text about three years after I had that experience. So when I read it in the Bible, I said, oh, oh, he was telling the truth. And then that's another thing I was told, that nothing that the enemy says is a lie. No, that's a lie. That, that's not true at all. The enemy does say a lot of stuff. That is true. The enemy does repeat a lot of scriptures. And he does repeat a lot of stuff that the Bible says, or that the Word of God says. 
The problem is he is so cunning and he is so sly that one word um, interjected yes. at a strategic spot changed yes. the entire meaning yes. of what God said. And so if, you don't, if you're not precise in your knowledge, he can trick you because it sounds like he's saying the same thing, yes. but he, he knows how to do that. So I said, oh, my God, he was lying. And then the Lord says, not everything he says is a lie, but everything he says is to deceive you. You, you get the difference? Yes. The Lord told me afterwards. I, yes. I said, oh, oh my God. He said that. And the Lord says, no, you know, not everything he says is a lie, but everything he says is meant to deceive. Mm-hmm. So you have to be so full of knowledge, and you have to be so in the spirit that even when the enemy is trying to use scriptures against you, didn't he do that with Jesus? Jesus, yes. Yes, he did it with Jesus. He says, cast cast yourself down, and the angel will bear you up in the hands. And I thought it was the enemy just saying that to Jesus. But then I read it in the Bible, I go, that's scripture too. So the enemy knows the scriptures. And at any point in time, it suits his purpose to mm-hmm. use it against you. He will use it against you. Right. So you're going to have to know scriptures well enough that when he's distorting the text, you know what the truth is. Now, um, in the world, we have about, probably by now, we have about half a million, half a million different religions or religious groups in the world. And... Um, Unfortunately, most of them have a Christianity base, based in Christianity. An Hindu man says once, how is it that you believe in one God? And there are so many different sects sect, <laughs> and divisions of Christianity. In my country, I understand it because we have a few different gods. We have tons of gods. Everything is a God. But you claim you only have one God. But although we have so many gods in, in, in our country, we're still one. We can go to any temple we want to go to, and we can go down to any one of those gods at any point in time when we feel like it. So, but you claim that you have one god, and you have so many different sectors in Christianity, and you're all divided. You don't talk to each other. You don't visit each other's um, house of worship. And so he thought that Hinduism um, was a much um, more forward-thinking religion than Christianity because of the division that he, that he, he, he sees he, he, he sees amongst us. But that is also a trick of the enemy. It's also the work of the enemy to do that. So you have to understand your faith and, and, and Christianity and, and Christ so well. But even folks who are from a different um, religious base, um, faith culture, they, not all of them, not all of them are against Christianity. There are some folks, there are some Muslim folks who really want to understand Christ and be saved. They're really asking to see if there's any truth to this matter. And, and there's some Jewish people, and there's some Hindu people, and there's some Sikhs, and there's some Rastafarians, and there's some atheists who, they're not really trying to cause a strife when they question your faith. They really want you to show them that it is the right way, it is the truth. But if you're not armed with, with knowledge, you will lose an opportunity to save a soul. And the Bible says, he that when it's someone is wise, you cannot be wise without knowledge. 
So you, you need to have the knowledge of God. And like a Satan, Satan so twists and turn um, words. And this is a little slow language we speak on English. It is so easy to twist and turn English. Um, Satan so distort words that um, if you don't know what you're about, he will have you questioning your own faith. And that is what is so dangerous about him. He's so sly. So we see him in the garden. That's where you, you, we, see, we first see him. Um, now, this text here in Ezekiel 28 and the one I read last week in Isaiah 14, those things uh, happened before the Garden of Eden, according to my, um, my mindset. But we see him in Genesis first. We see him in Genesis before Ezekiel. We see him in Genesis in the garden with Eve. And he says, oh, did God say that you can mm-hmm. eat the fruits in the garden? Um, he's not really making a big um, fuss about it in his mannerism and his attitude to alert Eve that um, she's not supposed to be conversing with this creature. He's very sly and he's very easygoing and he's very um, laid back and inviting. And, and he says, well, you know, um, God, God didn't say we cannot eat all the fruits in the garden. Only that one there, the one in the middle of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that one he says that watch it and we shouldn't eat it because if we do, we're going to die. And he said, well, you're not really going to die. You're, you're really, how can you eat a fruit and you die? Does that make sense? Um, food gives you life, so how are you going to eat that fruit and you die? He said, look at it. Take a good look. Does it look pleasant for you? Does it look harmful? Do you really think God is going to put something in the garden to, to harm you? So by the time he was finished with Eve, she no longer was conscious of what God had said. She was now making her own evaluation of the tree that was before her and what she could get out of it. After a while, she even forget about the serpent beside her. Her own thoughts took it over. And that's what the enemy tried to do. He tried to make us responsible for his thoughts. And when we become responsible for his thoughts, then we will guard his thoughts, and then we will execute his thoughts. And, and so that's why the Bible says he's sly and, and he's so deceptive. So I, I thank the Lord for Ezekiel, who paid a dear price, for having come into this um, knowledge. I paid at the dear price too, to have the enemy tell me that he, he was with Jesus <laughs> before I came here. And he, he was full of beauty and he walked with God and he was on the mercy seat. And I, I paid a dear price. So when I got up from that um, little attack by him, I was literally sick. I, I, went to, I went to lay down quite healthy, young, healthy, and strong, and I woke up very sick. I, I was bedridden for two weeks from, from, from that interaction with the enemy. So to, to understand the enemy and to, to gain the knowledge and the power to resist him, it costs, it costs, it costs us something. Um, I, I didn't have this experience myself, but I learned a lot from it still. And um, I hope that the persons that it happened to, that they had actually learned their lesson too. And I'm talking about the seven sons of Sceva in the mm. book of Acts, mm. who, who went and accosted a demon-possessed man 
and try to cast out the devil out of him without without having the proper equipping and the proper knowledge and the proper anointing to do it. So that simply says, just like me, I said it, like just like what I said in my vision when the enemy um, attacked me. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I rebuke you. And he just said it right back to me. Right? <laughs> so, so the seven sons of Skiba says, I adjure you in the name of Jesus Christ, whom Paul preached, come out of that man. So the devil says, well, we know Paul, <laughs> we know Jesus, but I don't know what makes you think you have the audacity to go there talk to you like that. And so the demon-possessed man, the one demon-possessed man, jumped and these seven brothers, and by the time he was through with them, they were naked, and they did run out of the house uh, without any clothes, naked, all beaten up and bruised and bleeding. And and so I, I, that's what I said, I hope they learned. Um, because I learned from their experience, and I learned from my experience, that just simply speaking words, even if they're the right words, um, just simply speaking words to the enemy is not going to get you the victory over him. It takes more than empty words. Yeah. It, it takes anointed words. It takes words coming out of a vessel that is anointed because look what it says here in verse 28 um, verse 14 chapter 28 don't the anointed cherub you see that God called the enemy anointed now if he is anointed and you are not anointed and you and him get into a battle who do you think going to win the one with the anointing because it is the anointing that destroys. It is the anointing that wins. It doesn't matter if he's evil. It doesn't matter if he's the devil. It doesn't matter if he's a rebellious um, serpent, the sly serpent. If he's anointed and I'm not anointed, I'm not going to win. Because the, 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 the power to destroy your opponent comes from the anointing. And so I saw, I said, God, he's anointed. And I uh, said, yes, he is. I saw it in the Bible. So don't be fearless. He is anointed. He is anointed. And I said, so you didn't take that from him when you threw him out of heaven? And God said, no, I didn't. So said, why didn't you? You cast him down to earth. Why didn't you take away his anointing? And, and the Lord said, because I have to be true to me. Mm-hmm. And I cannot cheat. And there is a set day and a set time for everyone and everything to come into judgment. And I, and I alter um, Lucifer's um, position beyond what he did to himself, then I would no longer be God. But I let you know he's anointed, so you, you, you can't be ignorant. They say, oh, I didn't know he had that power. I'm telling you he has it. And so if I tell you that he has that power, then it becomes your responsibility to make sure that you are equipped. So you have to make sure that your anointing that you have supersedes his anointing. You can't take away his anointing because I gave it to him. But you have access to an anointing that he doesn't have access to. You have have access to the anointing personified. The real anointing. And I will live in you, and I will be around you, 
and no matter how anointed Lucifer might be, he would be no match against your power. So then, um, I, I, for a long while, I gravitated towards the songwriter who, who wrote and sang, Anoint him, fall on me. And I would sing that over and over because I don't want to come in. I don't want to come face to face with this because I, I, I met him before when I was a young Christian. He said, I'm just very coward, you know, and he fights very dirty. I'm a young Christian, don't know anything about him or anything about this business. And he attacked me in the way that he did. Because if he can destroy me before I have sense, if he can destroy me while I'm ignorant, then it's done. He's not going to sit and wait for me to come all powerful in knowledge and then he has problem with me. So he will try. That's why some babies are aborted in the womb. Um, glory to God. Because Satan is not taking any chance of any person coming out on this earth who might be called and chosen to carry the anointing of Christ and to give him trouble. So that's why he, he doesn't he, he doesn't examine anybody because he doesn't know he doesn't know the future. But he will just convince every single person. We used to think one time that it was only um young unwed mothers who would consider abortion. And I came to a rude awakening when I found that married women also. Committing a lot of abortion and um, professional people, successful people with money and, and, and everything, they still commit an abortion. And I didn't understand that. I go, why would they commit an abortion? And, and the Lord told me it's the work of the enemy um, and he will destroy any seed. He is a seed destroyer. Mm-hmm. And um, so it doesn't matter if you're rich and if you're professional and if you're successful the enemy can still continue to destroy your seed and if you don't have any better sense you'll listen to him so here we see Ezekiel the Lord caused us to know by Ezekiel that the enemy is anointed he carries a certain anointing and so if you are going to resist him you too have to be anointed you don't have any choice so that if you're not anointed, he's going to beat you up. He's going to have the upper hand um, when you fight. Now, in verse 3, it says that he's wiser than Daniel. Now, we know how wise Daniel was, right? Daniel was able to tell people who could remember their dream, what their dream was, what their dream meant. Daniel could read what God wrote in God's language. In, a, in, in heavenly language, Daniel could read heavenly language. Daniel was very wise. The Bible says that um, he was skillful in all wisdom and knowledge and science. That's what the Bible says of, of, of Daniel. And here I read now in Ezekiel 28, verse 3, that the enemy is wiser than Daniel. I said, God, how could that be fair? How could that be right that he's wiser than, 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 than Daniel? And the Lord says, because he has years on Daniel. He was here before, and he's not careless. The Lord told me, so the enemy is not careless. He's diligent. He's dedicated. He's committed. He has great qualities. He says that he had them unto evil. But if he, if he had had them unto good, then Lucifer would have been one of the greatest, greatest, greatest character in the whole universe. 
And we see that he was, right? Verse 15 says, you were perfect in your ways from the day that you were created till iniquity was found in you. Now look, look at how the Lord described him. Every precious stone, that's verse 13, every precious stone was thy covering. Now, can you imagine what Lucifer looked like with all these precious stones overlaying his body? And the Bible says here that the workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipe was prepared in the, in the day that was, that was created. I, can, I cannot imagine Lucifer. Um, Lucifer is beyond my natural mind to comprehend. Here is this creature, perfect in beauty, the Bible says, covered with every precious stone, and not only with all the glittering, beautiful stones of God's creation, but within his being were musical instruments. So, so Lucifer, just, Lucifer just had to move his body, and you will hear this sweet, melodious um, music. Um, that, that was, that's a creature beyond my natural comprehension. And he was anointed, and he covered over the mercy seat of God. And that was the position that Lucifer fell from. And... He was now relegated if he wanted to make himself visible to possess human beings. So I asked the Lord, I remember last week when I was saying, I asked the Lord, why the earth? And I said, you were to go home and think about it. <laughs> because that was quite a question I threw at you. Why the earth? Of all the planets. God didn't just make one planet. Earth is not the only planet. There are tons of planets. And God knew that he put man on the earth. And then when he cast out Lucifer, this anointed being, this enormous, uh, gigantic volume of a being that we cannot hide anything from. Now, I said this before, but I'm just going to repeat it here just in case you didn't hear me before previously. Satan cannot read our minds. The devil cannot read our minds. Although it says here there is no secret that they can hide from him, that we can hide from him. The days of you and I, there is no secret that we can hide from him. Although it says that, it doesn't mean he can read our minds. It doesn't mean that he can um, read our thoughts or the intent of our heart. It means that he, he knows how to get us to give away ourselves. He knows how to make presentations, and he knows how to interpret our response. To his presentation. He knows how to interpret our eye movement and our body movement. He knows, he knows what we really mean when we speak. Um, he, he, he's not subjected to misunderstanding or misinterpretation. He, he, he's so wise that he knows what we mean when we say what we say. Like if I say, um, Prophet Bob, I really love you, but I don't mean it. The devil knows I don't mean it. And he will, he might not tell you right away that he's lying, um, but he will make certain that by the time you figure that I'm lying, I am so embarrassed that now you and I, I'm ashamed to have a relationship with you. That's how he works. He's not going to tell you, oh, he's lying, so I don't really like you. Um, 
he will let you begin to believe. He will leave it alone. Oh, he says he loves him. Okay, he will leave it alone. But sure enough, he's going to set it up. That by the time he reveals me that I don't like you, I am so embarrassed that I am, I am now ashamed to even ask you to forgive me. He's going to set it up so good that by time he reveals it, then I'm demolished. And that's what happened to a lot of our relationships in the church. Uh, we're not entirely honest or truthful to each other, um, but the enemy knows. And so he set us up. And then when he reveals our true self, then we're ashamed to go back to church. We're so, we're so ashamed that we find it even impossible at times or very hard to say, please forgive me. I think I was on a wrong mission there, and I allow evil or the enemy to infiltrate my heart. But if you could find it in you to forgive me and that we can go on beyond this point, I would really appreciate it. But then sometimes even even the offender will now start to justify their position. And and that's just a position of, of, of shame. That's a position of hurt pride. And um, the, the, the offender, um, I have a little protege, and she, she, she has a term for those folks. And, and I, I, I love it. It sounds pretty nice. She says that they are wrong and strong. <laughs> they, are, they are strong and wrong. <laughs> they are wrong, but they will not admit that they are wrong. They will try to come up against you boisterously um, to prove that you are right. And, and that's hurt pride. And and that's um, that same human being. Human beings don't know how to. Human beings don't know how to get rid of their burdens. And if you're unsafe, I I can understand or excuse it. You're unsafe, but when you're in the church, I do not excuse it. I still understand it because I understand human nature. I understand fallen nature of man, and and the Lord has put me in a position to counsel people who are fallen. So I understand it. And when I'm counseling, I'm supposed to be giving life. I can't be taking life away. So I understand it. But in the church, I don't forgive it. Um, and I will tell the folks, please straight in the church, um, you are a child of God. And that should not be named among us, not even once. Yeah. Um, before you, Before it went to the point where it is now, you should have asked for help. You should have known that you were weak. You should have known that the enemy was gaining ground on you, and you should have come for help. You don't wait until after the enemy slay you. Uh, and then you're like, oh, nobody helped me. You didn't ask for help. And you were being a hypocrite. You were pretending all along as if you were okay. You smiled, and you did the church thing. You came in every day, running around the place, speaking tongues, and then everybody else jumped over all the chairs. So who, who thought that you were having problems? Um, you should have asked for help. You are the one who are with you 24-7, not me. And you know more than anybody else when you need help. I know when I need help. And sometimes I've said to the Lord, I said, God, right at this time, this is what I need to say to you. And I'm going to say that. But at this time, if you don't reach out that mighty right hand of yours and grab a hold of me, guaranteed by, by the end of the day I'm backslidden. You, I, my fingers are weak. My knees are wobbly. My, my, I can't stand anymore. I, I, I am in a situation where it's drawing all my strength. So I am going to let you hang on to me. 
But rather than me hanging on to you, because my fingers are weak, and you hang on to me. And if you don't hang on to me, I know that by the end of the day, I'm gone. But God is faithful. So I'm still here. I've never backslidden since the Lord saved me. I boast in the Lord. I don't boast in myself. And I have no intention of backsliding. And if you ever see me saying that I don't believe in God or I don't believe in Jesus, even if I look sane, guaranteed I have lost my mind. I cannot be in my right mind and reject God anymore. So if you ever see me saying that there's no God or I reject God or I don't understand this God thing anymore or, you know, this church thing is nonsense. If anybody who knows me ever hear anything like that coming out of me, I'm telling you while I, while I have my right mind, while I'm in my right frame of mind, that even if I, put, if I look well put together and I, sound, and I sound well sober, I am giving you, I'm telling you right now, I would be out of my mind. I would be stark raving mad. Even if I'm not yelling and screaming and ripping on my hair, I would be a mad person. So mm-hmm. I've proven that God is God. Hallelujah. I've already Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving, I'm giving everything on this prayer line the right. If you ever see me against God, call the paddle wagon. See, I've lost her mind. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. not be my right mind and reject God. Yes. So, um, here is here is um, the enemy, and did you figure out? Let me read you another scripture. I want to show you that this enemy, the adversary, is not really your enemy. He actually made himself an enemy of God, and then after when I said that it, it is really God that he's after, it's not you and I. Um, we were made a little bit lower than the angels. So, yeah, by default, he wouldn't really be after me. It wasn't our throne that he wanted to overthrow, and it wasn't us he wanted to set himself higher than it was the Almighty. So he's really God's enemy. And um, the fight, this fight that he had started before you and I got here, and let's read Revelation chapter 12, and you will see that in Revelation chapter 12. Glory to God. With this series of lessons, the power of knowledge, by the time we're through, you're going to go through every single book in the Bible and just about every single chapter. It covers the entire book. It says, Revelation chapter 12 says, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman um, clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she being with child, crying, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she had a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought, and they prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great 
dragon, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which defeated the world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Um, so the question, so you see that the, where the fight started? It didn't start with you and I. It's not. It didn't start with us. Satan don't really care about you and I too much, except, except that we are made in the image and likeness of God. Except that. Except that we are sons of God. Except that we are the ones who are going to inherit the kingdom of God. And so he figures out he cannot hurt God. He cannot touch God. So he's going to hurt you and I. He's going to hurt man. He's going to destroy man. And in destroying man, he will destroy God because man is made in the image and likeness of God. So listen, saints of God, since we are not ignorant of the enemy and we're not ignorant of his devices, we're not ignorant of his wiles, we're not ignorant of his methods and his strategies, we're not ignorant of the fact that he's anointed, and that he is very sly, and that he is deceptive. We're not ignorant of his purpose. He comes to kill and to steal and to destroy. We ought to be wise. We ought to conduct ourselves accordingly, that the enemy does not cut us unawares, and that he does not um, um, catch us unprepared, and that he has no power to do us any violence. Um, Verse 16 says, by the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee in violence and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. We just read that from Revelation chapter 12 also. And I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. So no longer is he in that position that he had before. Um, so he has become, his violence is now turned towards man. Uh, hallelujah. Um, Isaiah says, woe unto your earth, because the enemy is come down with you, and he has great wrath. So there's a woe, there's a woe pronounced. Um, so we're not ignorant. And, and, and that is why I think the, 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 the title of these lessons, uh, as the Holy Ghost said, the power of knowledge is very, is, is very befitting for what we're trying to acquire. We're trying to acquire the knowledge of God and his universe and everything that, that entails, and, and we're trying to understand who we are. We're coming to know who we are, why God made us. And, and what is our responsibility, what is our duty, what is our strength, what is our position, what is our future, what is our eternity, glory to God. So we see where, where the, um, Lucifer defiled himself and was cast out of um, heaven, uh, lost his position on the, as, as, on the mercy seat as a covering cherub, and he was cast down um, to the earth. And so now back to my question, why the earth, seeing that the earth was made for man, the meek seminary, the earth, why cast him down here? And after I tell you my thoughts on why the enemy is here, you're free to ask me any question that comes up in your spirit to ask me, because if I can't answer the question, I shouldn't be teaching it. Um, 
listen to this and listen very carefully. I write it down, and before you fight me and you go search it out, we need the devil. That's why he was cast down to here. We need him. We need him to be perfected. We need him to expose us to evil. Oh, my goodness. We need him to expose us to wickedness. We need him to let us know good and evil. God is good. Everything about God is good. But God knows evil. And God himself could not put evil upon us because he's good and he's loving. But if we don't know evil, if man doesn't know evil, man could never be like God. God knows both. God knows good and evil. As a matter of fact, God made a choice to be good. He could have been evil if he wanted to. God made a choice to be good. If I am going to be in God's image and God's likeness, I have to make the same decision. I could not make a decision to be good if I didn't, if I was not presented with evil. That's right. I wouldn't know what light means except I know what darkness means. I wouldn't know what it means to be saved, to value what it means to be saved, except I'm fully conscious of what it means to be a sinner. So evil is the opposing force to my eternal life. And the only way I was going to stay eternally saved is if I know evil before I am perfected. I know evil in such a way that I can reject it. No evil in such a way that I can decide, not because God is twisting my arm and not because he has a gun to my head, but because I love him. I can decide purely out of love that I don't want to have anything to do with evil. Then and only then am I a candidate to be perfected. Now, this is proven in the scripture. The Bible says that Lucifer was perfect in the day that he was created. We just read it. But even in that, in that position, as perfect, God made him. Same the day that you were created. Verse 15, thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created. And yet he fell. God cannot make anybody perfect and still give them choice and let them, and, and, and let them stay perfect. There's no so God, that's right. God saw through Lucifer. And the other one turned angels, according to Revelation 12, that he drew with them. The stars, there were one third of the angels rebelled with him. They were perfect. But even from that position of being perfect, they rebelled against God. For God was not going to do that with man again. For man was not made perfect. Before Adam and Eve sinned, they were not perfect. They were innocent. They did not experience evil. They did not have the experience of evil. They were innocent. God allowed them by giving them choice. God allowed them to make their decision about evil. Because when I make my decision... When it's not God that is forcing me, 
when it's not God that's manipulating me just because he's more powerful than me, when it's not God threatening me and says, if you don't serve me, I'm going to throw you into hell, you will never hear that out of God. You know, we parents do to our kids, if you don't listen to what I say, you're not going to get any dinner. <laughs> if you don't do what I say, you're not going to watch TV. <laughs> God, does, God does not manipulate. God placed before us all the options. Here's life. Here's death. Here's blessing. Here's cursing. You need to make a decision. I'm going to help you out because from your position with your um, finite mind, um, you might not know what to choose. So I'm going to tell you, if you choose death, you and your children are going to be destroyed. If you choose life, then your children shall live. I'm telling you what to choose. Don't eat this tree. Eat any other tree you want. The tree of life was there. He didn't tell them not to eat every tree of life. That's what they should have done. Eat any tree that you want. Don't touch this one. Because the day that you eat this one, you're going to die. And that's how God operates. Don't expect to sit down like a lump and a log, and God do everything for you. Because if he takes you to heaven like that, unfortunately, you're not going to end your eternity. At some point in time, or at some point in eternity, the same thing is going to happen like what Lucifer did. But when you make your decision for God right here, right now, when you suffer what you have to suffer because you made that decision, when you go through your long suffering and still stand for Christ, then you will endure eternity. There is a little song that they used to sing when I was a child, and I loved it when I was a child, and I don't really sing it anymore because it's not true. It says, if I could just make it in. So I asked this um, old designer one day when I was, and the Lord asked me, what did I mean by that song? <laughs> you see, you know what? I love it. And so what do you mean by that? What do you, how do you want to make it into eternity? And so I went to the evangelist that taught me the song, and I said, what does that song mean? And she said to me, as long as just your victim will make it into heaven, you're good. And so I went back to the Lord, and I said, my teacher says, my victim will make it into heaven. I'm going, and the Lord says, no, that's not good. You have to make it in to the end of eternity. Just like the language here in, in, in Ezekiel, if I was teaching literature, I would have an excellent, excellent time with the book of um, Ezekiel chapter 28. The literature in it is so rich. Um, the Bible is not a book to teach literature, but you can. <laughs> in Ezekiel 28. Um, the, the paradox are, are, are so, they're so wonderful to, to, to hear. Uh, and to read. God speaks um, paradoxically a, a lot of times just so that, we, so that we can balance what he's saying. And the Lord, so the Lord says to me, you have to make it to the end of eternity. I said, but eternity has no end. And he said, that's exactly what I mean. You're going to make it so good into eternity that you will not Retract. You will not leave. You will not do anything to mess up. You can't barely make it into heaven. You have to make it into heaven. 
You don't barely making it in. You have to make it in good and proper. So somebody made a song that says, 99 and a half won't do. And that's true. You're going to make it into heaven 100%. There is no place in God's eternal kingdom for people who did not quite make it. I know sometimes I hear some good, well-meaning theologians say they don't worry about it, you know. If you don't really make it in, <laughs> there are some other dimensions and other sections of heaven that you can go. You know, if somebody shows you a scripture teaching that, that is a misunderstanding and misinterpretation of bad hermeneutics of the scripture. We're all one in Christ. Christ is not divided. And I'm not going to be in some um, some place in heaven real, real, real close to God like a front row view of God and, and somebody else who's far, 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 far back from God and, and have no hope of getting close to God. Really? <laughs> no, 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 there's nothing like that in heaven. That's when you go to the Blue Jays game <laughs> on earth, but there's nothing like that in heaven. We're all going to make it in the same way with God. We're going to be one, and we're all going to be perfect together. We can do that in Hebrews chapter 11. Um, everybody's going to be perfected together, and we're going to get the same reward. It doesn't matter um, if you thought you worked harder in the kingdom than I did while we were here. We have the same reward to get. God just promised us eternal life with him, and everybody's going to get that. So let me let me give you some texts that you can study, uh, read on your own. I said a lot of stuff, and you might want somewhere we tell to go and search those things out. Um, glory to God. Um, I want to give you some characteristics of the enemy. His characteristics, because by his characteristics. You will know him. Let me find let me find my notes so I tell exactly what I want to tell you. So if you know it is from the enemy characteristics, you are sixty percent there of being victorious over him at all times because you know him and it is lack of knowledge that destroys us. So if you know him, you're not lacking in knowledge. That's good hermeneutics. All right? So your your thing is to know him. Um, he, is a, he is the characteristic. He is, he is subtle, subtle. And that's that's the character that he used on Eve in the garden in Genesis three verse one. And you will see him again in that same light in Second Corinthians eleven verse three. He is subtle. He knows how to search out the weaklings and attack the weaklings. He doesn't attack you if he thinks that you're gonna destroy him. He will hide from you. He will flee from you. But if you're weak, he will search you out. Um, and he will trick you. Genesis 3, verse 1, and Second Corinthians 11, verse 3. 
he is slanderous. Violet in Job 1, verse 9, he is very slanderous. And so anybody on the line tonight, or if you know anybody who loves to slander people, um, that's the satanic characteristic. You should take a lamentation for that person and try to help them. He is fierce of violence. That's in Luke 8, verse 29. So if you're a softy soap, you know, if you're a little put it yet, he's going to get you. You need to be a lion, a fierce lion, a rub of her whelps. Um, he is deceitful. That's 2 Corinthians 11, verse 14. Um, fierce again is Luke 8, verse 29. And, and that's a text you have to memorize. You're going to need it a lot in warfare against the enemy. Luke 8, verse 29. You need to know that in your heart. In the depth of your sleep, you need to be able to wield that sword against the enemy. Luke 8, verse 29. He is deceitful. In 2 Corinthians 11, verse 14. He is powerful, as I told you. It's Ephesians 2, verse 2. He is powerful. Ephesians 2, verse 2. Paul tells you that. He is proud. 1 Timothy 3, verse 6. And we see that in Ezekiel 28, he, his beauty got the better of them. Um, and he is cowardly, James 4, verse 7. He is a coward, and he is wicked, First John 2, verse 13. He is cowardly, and if he is a coward, that's why you need to be skillful. Because the worst person that you can engage in a battle, in battle with the person who is covered, because they fight without reason, they're covered. If you think a coward was a person you didn't have to pay attention to, no, a coward is the worst person to be engaged in a engage in battle with. They do things without reason because they're, they're afraid for their life. Um, the enemy has power over the wicked. They are his children. Acts 13, verse 10. And First John 3, verse 10, he has power over a wicked heart. Um, he can get them to do his will, what, what he wants them to do. That's in St. John 8, verse 44. St. John 8, verse 44, I'll let you know that if you're wicked, the devil can get you to serve him. Don't be a little bit wicked. It doesn't matter how much wicked you are, he can get you to serve him. Oh, this is a little bit of wicked. No, no, any wicked at all. When it's a little bit of a lot. He can possess mankind. He can possess humankind. And you'll see a good example of that in Luke 22, verse 3. Because he is a spirit. He blinds. He blinds your natural eyes. And he can blind your spiritual eyes. Because he doesn't want you to see. And that was why he took an old generation by saying, don't pay the devil any attention. He doesn't exist and he doesn't have any power. He blinded their eyes. He blinded the whole nation of Israel. And until now, they can't see Christ. He deceives. That's Revelation 20, verse 7 and 8. He entraps or ensnares. He, 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 he lets you get yourself in trouble. First Timothy 3, verse 7. He ensnares. He troubles. First Samuel. 16, verse 14, he will trouble you, and he will cause you to get into trouble. He loves trouble. He's a troublemaker. And all 
mankind, every single human being that has any of these characteristics that I just named out of the enemy, anybody possess any of them, they will be punished right along with the enemy when he is punished. And you'll find that in Matthew 25, verse 4 to 1. That's my lesson for tonight. Please study and read. And by next week, I should finish this section about the enemy. You should have enough information about him and enough knowledge about him that you can engage into uh, a more in-depth study of him between you and the Holy Ghost and become equipped and grow in knowledge and, 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 and grow in um, the power to fight for spiritual battle and to keep yourself from harm, keep yourself from evil, and the bounce of my Lord children, keep yourself from evil, and not only yourself, but others, somebody else, somebody in your family, somebody in your church, somebody in your neighborhood. You'll be able to help somebody else escape the wrath of the wicked one. If you are equipped enough, you will save yourself, and you'll be able to save others. And because of the enemy, people need to be saved. And next time somebody asks you, why is the devil on the earth? Why didn't God just destroy him? Give them this very intelligent, wise answer. Who would tempt you so that you would grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord? Who would show you wickedness? Who would show you evil if he wasn't here? Who would give you the challenge? to stand with God no matter what. God couldn't take both positions. So God decided to be good. And he created evil. And have evil have access to man. Gave evil access to man so that man can become eternally perfected. Without the enemy you would not be eternally perfected. So God bless you. And um, that's my lesson for tonight. And I hope you understood what I said. And I hope you're inspired to sit with the scriptures and sit with the Holy Ghost and make sure that you become full of knowledge and wisdom against this creature that Ezekiel took all of 19 verses to let us know don't mess with him. And don't let him mess with you either. Um, I said last week, I'm just going to repeat it in closing, that all what Ezekiel, the person that Ezekiel was speaking to, he was actually speaking to a real man, a real flesh and blood man that evil had possessed, that the enemy had possessed. And he was the king of Tyre, or the king of um, Tyrus. And Tyre is an adjoining city of, um, of Sidon. And it, it, it stayed in existence until Jesus Christ was here and Jesus pronounced judgment on it because they never got, God gave them a lot of time, that nation of people, to get their business straight. But they were um, frauded with a relationship, a continuous relationship with the enemy. So finally, um, they were destroyed. So that country does not exist in the Middle East anymore. And that nation of people, um, the land is still there, but occupied by a different nation because they would not stop um associating with um with evil. So God bless you in your studies and I hope I am helping you 
and um, I I hope I'm challenging I'm challenging you to be filled with um all knowledge in Jesus name. Glory to God. Now I'm gonna pass um pass the service back over to um, Minister Burton. And I'm still on the line to receive any questions that you might have. In Jesus' name, glory to God. Evangelist Burton? Amen. 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 Powerful, powerful, powerful. Pastor, would you like to pray for uh, Ella June? He asked for comments and questions. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Father, I thank you, I praise you, I glorify your holy name. Lord God, even now as I come before you, I ask, O oh God, that you will wash me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. God, if there's anything in my life that will prevent uh, my prayers, oh God, for your woman servant, Elder June Malcolm, I ask that you'll remove it right now. Remove every stumbling block in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Mighty God of Daniel, I place, O God, your servant, Elder June, before you right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, I ask, O God, that you will cover her from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet. I ask, O God, that you will bloody her up now in your son's precious blood. I ask, O God, that you will soak her in your son's precious blood. In the name of Jesus, God, I bind. I bind up every retaliating spirit. I bind up every backlashing spirit in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord God, even now, I thank you for building a hedge of protection around her that cannot be penetrated by the enemy. I ask, oh God, that you will hide her, oh God, in the hollow palm of your hands in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord God, even now, hallelujah, everything that she has emptied out for us tonight, I am asking, oh God, that you will fill her up afresh in the name of Jesus. I am asking you, my God of Daniel, hallelujah, oh God, that you will anoint her once more, oh God. Lord God, grant her more knowledge, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Grant her, oh God, hallelujah. Oh God, hallelujah. Download all your revelatory knowledge, oh God, into your woman servant, oh God, that she can feed us, oh God. She can teach us in the name of Jesus. God, we understand, oh God, hallelujah, because of the times that we're living in, we need, oh God, knowledge and wisdom. Your word tells us, oh God, that your people suffer because of lack of knowledge, oh God. And so even now I ask in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, that you will continue to feed your people, God, in the name of Jesus. And Father God, even now, I thank you for your woman's servant once more. I ask, oh God, that you will keep her, hallelujah, keep her protected, oh God. Keep her family protected, her household protected, oh God, in the name of Jesus. 
Protect her car, oh God. Protect her business. Protect her finances, oh God. In the name of Jesus, let there be a supernatural blood covering in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Because God, I understand, oh God, hallelujah, with this knowledge, the enemy, oh God, will not sit back and allow us, oh God, to continue to hear from you, oh God, hallelujah. And so I ask, oh God, even now that any, hallelujah, any plots, oh God, any plans, any assignments that he has against your servant, I am asking, oh God, that you'll reverse in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father God, continue, oh God, hallelujah, oh God, to keep, oh God, hallelujah, your servant, oh God, hidden, oh God, from the enemy, oh God, in the name of Jesus, even now I speak, oh God, complete and total health, oh God upon your woman oh, servant. Jesus. I speak oh, yes. God, hallelujah. Complete, oh God, oh, overabundant financial blessings upon your woman servant, hallelujah. oh God. Father God, I speak oh. unity, oh God. I speak love, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, any area in our life that the enemy may try to creep into, oh God, I am asking that you will shut those portals, oh God. Shut those doors oh, in the hallelujah. name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And God, for every person on this line tonight, hallelujah, who received this teaching, I ask, oh God, that you will cover them, oh God. I ask that you will protect them in the name of Jesus. I decree and I declare tonight, oh God, because you have given me power and authority, oh God. Tell me, oh God, that I can turn upon scorpions and serpents, oh God. So I take that authority right now. You've given me authority over him, oh God. Oh God, by your hand, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh God, even now I ask, oh God, that you will cover your, your each and every one of your children on this line tonight in the name of Jesus. Every household, oh God, hallelujah, that's a, that, that's that's connected tonight, oh God. Every household that's represented, oh God, I ask for your divine supernatural protection and covering, oh God. Let there be, oh God, hallelujah, a massive blood covering, oh God, of every simple word ministry member, oh God, hallelujah, who is deep into our spirits, oh God, Father God, I thank you once more, I praise you, mighty God, hallelujah, I glorify you, oh God, for what you have done thus far, oh God, for what you are about to do in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and God, I thank you, oh God, for Lashana Burton, oh God, I thank you, oh God, for calling her for such a time as this, oh God, in the name Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord God, that no weapons that are formed against her, oh God, shall not be in the name of Christ of Nazareth. I thank that you have ordained this this teaching, oh God. You, Father God, you're the one that has ordained it. And so, Father God, no weapons formed against Minister Lashana, no weapons formed against Elder June, hallelujah, shall prosper in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord God, you told us, Lord God, in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 16, that you know the smith Mm -hmm. who makes the weapons. You know him, oh God. You created.
created him, oh God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, you Lord. know him intimately, oh God. Hallelujah. And you said, oh God, Jesus. that no weapons that he formed, oh God, shall prosper, oh God. And oh, we believe none. your word, mighty God. Oh, we believe you, we believe you oh God. So tonight we thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Jesus. No weapons, hallelujah, that are formed against us shall prosper in the name of Jesus. Once more, Daniel, I thank you for a blood covering, oh God, upon every household, oh God, that's represented on this line tonight in Jesus. Cover our children, oh God, grandchildren, great grandchildren, nieces, nephews, oh God. God, connect to us, oh God. Cover them, oh God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Wings over them, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Amen. I mean, what a teaching tonight. I'm going to open up the line right now for any comments or questions or feedback? I actually I need I I need um clarification on on this. Um woman of God, several years ago I made this comment and you know, I, the person that I made it to probably like looked at me and thought that I'd lost my mind. When I said um in um in order for for this world that we're living in there had to be sin. There had to be sin in order for it to function because if it was only good, we could not function the way that we're functioning in terms of commerce and, and all those things. So tonight, right. when I, tonight when I heard that it was necessary, we needed the old flu foot to be here. I mean, I sat with my with my mouth wide open. He serves a purpose. He serves yes. a purpose. That's good and, for us. And, and and that's one of the reasons, you know, when I pray for people who are are sick and in the hospital, and I, I pray differently for believers. You know, um, I, 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 yes. I pray that believers I don't need to be in the hospitals, but I'm not praying against hospitals because they are needed for those who do not believe. Yes. You know, and 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 just. Just to hear, just to hear the teaching tonight, I'm like, okay, I am not that, you know, far out in left field after all, you know, because when, when you look, when you look at society, I mean, several, several years ago, um, I was in, I was in um, the Atlanta airport. I was, I think I was en route to Miami and God started to speak to me um, and he would have me to look at the different people that were um, passing through the airport, and yeah. and and he showed me the, the the gentleman that was pushing the the vacuum, um, cleaning the floor, 
And then he casted my eyes onto a young lady sitting on a high stool in front of a, a little shop. And he showed me uh, um, the pilot sitting, waiting to board. Um, and he showed me a, 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 a preacher that, you know, was in uh, his, his, his minister's collar. And, and he showed me business people. And, you know, he started to speak and he, he said to me, I am the master architect. I know what I'm doing. And everyone on this earth has a purpose. Everyone has a purpose. And, and, and so, you know, and I mean, I, 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 I'll be one of the first persons to, you know, to say sometimes when we're saying Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you and all that, um, you know, we need to stop, stop for a minute because, you know, purpose. Purpose. Yes, it's a truth. <laughs> purpose. Mine purpose means. Man, is that purpose? Yes, yes. Yeah, and, and <laughs> we we just we just have to know our purpose, and we just have to know how to live. You know, we have to know the choices that we are making as believers. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And 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 we need to know how to speak only what Jesus would have spoken. Amen. And and. and and many times when we say the blood of Jesus, Jesus would not take that position if he was in our place. Mm-hmm. When, when, when Judas was going to betray him, he says, friend. Mm-hmm. He called him, and he knew exactly what Judas was going to do. Hallelujah. Mm. But call him friend, and he did this up and gave it to him. Did in this up in Israel and gave it to somebody in need, I love you so much, I will die for you. Mm. I will yes. do anything for you. And he knew what Jesus was going to do. Now, you and I, if we know that somebody was sitting around the table with us, mm-hmm. I was going to come across and cut our throat. We were not going to call him friend. Mm-hmm. And just stop <laughs> <That's> the truth. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So we need so to, because Jesus says, my father worked either yeah. to and I worked. He only did the stuff that God told him to do and God showed yeah. him to do. And that's mm-hmm. where we need to come as children of God. Yeah. As soon as I know that somebody have a heart against me, I, I turned the entire world against them. Mm-hmm. Jesus would not do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, 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 we need to stop acting mm-hmm. um, like we are children of the, 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 the wicked one. We start yeah. to act like we're children of God. We're supposed uh-huh. to only speak what Jesus would speak yes. and only do what Jesus would do. And time mm-hmm. is running out for us to get it right. But yeah. Pastor, yeah. When, you start, when you start to speak, a, a scripture came to my mind, and I'm, I'm just going to read it tonight. It's Romans 8, 19 to 21. I bless you for your comment, mm-hmm. Pastor Maureen, because it helps to expand and open up the understanding mm-hmm. of these unusual stuff that is being said in this segment, because these are not stuff that is said every day. That's right. To God. That's right. We, 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 yes. we yes. teach in the church that the devil have no benefit to us and serve no good purpose. The devil serves a good purpose to us. It's just, it's just too bad that because he's evil and he's wicked and he has turned against God that he's going to spend eternity in damnation. But he's actually perfecting us. He's, doing, he's giving the other side of goodness so that we can be perfectly made. Um, Romans 8, verse 19 to 21 says, For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. For, and verse 20, the Hebrews, he says, For the creature, which is us, was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who had subjected the same in hope 
because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. And in one sentence, what that says is, God made man originally to be susceptible to vanity or to sin. Because he knew he could redeem us. So we were subjected to vanity and we're subjected to hope. God did that. The creature was made, the creature was made subject to vanity. God did that. So um, God was not surprised when Eve sinned. He had already had the antidote, but it was it's the way that mankind had to go to make certain that when we were perfected, we didn't fall like how Lucifer fell. Because once you're perfected and fall, you can't be redeemed again. That's right. You can only be redeemed before you're perfected. Mm. And that is why God was not going to make us perfect. Yeah. And that was fall. And we would fall. Mm. You know, we always blame Adam and Eve and go, oh, if I was there, I wouldn't say, and I wouldn't have eaten the fruit. You would have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all of us would have eaten the fruit. <laughs> yeah. Because we were subjected to vanity. But we would have eaten the food just as he eat the food. That's right. And, um, yeah, so we would have forgotten. The position where we were at, and I'm going to do this in more detail when, I, when after next week, when I start to look at what man is, what is man. Um, we're going we're to do that in more detail to see how man really functions um, inside and why God made us like that. But when we are... True, we will be just like God. He will have made our decision mm, that this is what I want Lord, to be. Hallelujah. And God now will let us eat from the tree of life, and mm. we will not rebel against God. There will be no uprising in eternity. Nobody will be trying to overthrow God and going to take over God's throne and being jealous mm. of God, and, and evil will have no place amongst us. We will have Hallelujah. already dealt all of here, decided mm. we don't want it, and that yes. we're going to spend eternity with God, so we'll, we'll be good and safe, and God is good and safe. No more rebellion, no more sin, no more yes. darkness, no more death, no more evil. We'll be good in eternity because we went through this way. Yes. My God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I got a question, actually, and this may be something you might have discussed offline. Um, Elder Jim, I had this vision like probably about five years, probably about more like six or seven years ago. Um, and I really never tell anybody about this one, but since we're on the top about the enemy, it was a vision I had that somehow I was fighting two people who were supposed, uh, I guess, fighting two people. Like I was in this weird vision that I was, I guess these people were supposed to be my enemy. I'm trying, um, I'm trying to save names to talk about who they are, but I was okay. like I was in, I was fighting for fighting against these two people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was dressed in purple, like I was head on. But the thing was, I kept looking to my right, and I saw mm-hmm. this image woman on my right, and then I stopped because to me it was like, why would I? I stopped in the middle and said, "Hold up, I'm stopping because this is a midst of confusion," and. Yeah. This is something, you know, my words, well, my words probably was less than that. I just said it was confusion. And if you two want to fight yourself, go right ahead. And I, and I just, I got up and got out the vision. And okay. 
I have yet to figure out what that was. I kind of figured know what it was about, but it I have yet to like really figure that out. Okay. So so in the vision, you actually knew that you were in a vision. I knew I was in a vision. Like I was wide awake. I knew I was in a vision. I knew yeah. I was in a fight. I knew I was fighting two people who allegedly were supposed to be like fake prophets or whatever, and yeah. I was fighting both of them. But then I saw this woman on, I saw this image of a woman sitting there watching this fight, like just watching like, you know, somebody always pit people against each other and have like a spectator sport. Yeah, And yeah. I stopped. I said, hold up. This is when I was new to all this. I said, hold up. This ain't no, This ain't right. If you and I pretty much said, if you want to fight, you fight yourself. I quit. I got up and I, I left. Uh, well, with with um with the vision so plain, you should have you should have accosted the the, the person and said you you ought to stop causing strife and division amongst brethren because God really hates that because that's that's really plain. That's, right. that's really plain and straight, right? Right. Like somebody was somebody was being the devil's advocate. And pitted, pitted everybody against each other, and they just stand aside and 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 watch everybody destroy each other. Um, that's the work of the enemy. That's one of the, the tactics of the enemy. And so, uh, if that was shown to you, um, you could have simply gone to that person and said, "You ought to stop that. You're causing discord and strife amongst the brethren." And and um, you wouldn't be that person's favorite person. And might make you believe that you didn't see what you saw, and might make you believe that you don't you didn't have much sense. But we have to trust the visions that God gives to us, and 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 use them for the betterment of the kingdom of God. And we we and we have to be bold.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.